Welcome to the Great Western Woods World Building Podcast with me, Angeline Trevina, and me, H.B. Lyne. Join us as we talk all things world building. Get tips and advice for creating rich and immersive worlds for your stories, whether you're an aspiring author or wanting to level up your world building for future books. We'll be digging deep into our own experiences and sharing what we've learned along the way to publishing over 15 books between us in five years. So get comfy and grab a cuppa. Let's get world building. It's Angeline here. This would usually be the slot for my solo episode, but I'm not actually going to be on my own today. I have the lovely Emma Carlson from Escaped Inc. Press joining me for an interview all about her publishing joys and love of short fiction. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Emma. Just to kick off, can you tell us a little bit about you and your background in writing? I'm very reluctant to call myself a writer. I do write and I have had a few bits published, but uh, yeah, I, I sort of, I've, I've gone down the publishing route rather than the writing route. The writing itself started about seven years ago now. My now husband used to come round to the house and use our dining room. Um, spread all his books out on the dining table to do his writing and he's got several novels still on the go Mm -hmm. he will probably kill me for saying that but hey ho (laughs) Um, and so and he he writes in ink and he's left-handed and he sort of rotates these books around and pulls his pen down the page in these hieroglyphics and he'd huff and he'd puff and I kind of look at him and go how hard can writing be (laughs) anyway um i i since learnt yes it is an incredibly rewarding thing but frustrating as heck as well so i started writing short stories and the day that i got my first acceptance he was super proud of me but extraordinary generally jealous as well so it's kind of yeah (laughs) uh yeah so it's kind of just gone from there really uh but short stories are definitely much more my comfort zone i've written i think the longest thing i've written is about four thousand words and after that i kind of run out of steam (laughs) i have novels planned in my head but that's as far as they go yeah it it definitely short fiction and long fiction are definitely two very different skills <laughs> definitely yeah and I'm super concise at the best of times so. Yeah. yeah so absolutely you've already said that you are much more on the publishing side and you run an independent press called Escaped Inc which yes it does focus on very very short fiction doesn't it on flash fiction so yeah. how how did you decide to make that jump from writing to publishing um fear of my own work and imposter syndrome was definitely a contributing factor yeah. i did run a it was an erotica press i did run that before escaped ink mm. and that came about as a result of having as a writer signed some very terrible contracts and a drunken conversation with someone who said well don't complain about it do better 
So I ran a press for a couple of years and I really wanted uh, to have a focus on diversity. Obviously, everyone's heard of Fifty Shades, but that is sort of the white billionaire fantasy thing. And what I was publishing was a lot more diverse in terms of characters and abilities and disabilities. And I think when that closed, I thought, oh, thank, you know, paid all the authors off and everything else. And it's like, gosh, I, I can't, I can't publish. This is quite a stressful thing and mm. realized that actually I really enjoy doing it. And so Escaped Inc. was born with a view to publishing the much shorter fiction because that's more manageable for me um, in terms of my health and time but also I've discovered flash fiction I find it really joyous Um, if people don't know what flash fiction is it's very short stories so what I'm publishing with Escape Tink is stories up to 500 words but it's got to be a whole story within that word count so that's quite an interesting challenge Mm -hmm. so yeah it, it was kind of like a I don't know I, I yeah I do still do some writing but definitely as well I read everyone else's work and then get even worse imposter syndromes <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think imposter syndrome is certainly something that probably everyone listening to this podcast can sympathize with probably yep. also big ideas coming from drunk conversations I think I've had lots of those as well yes and also particularly when you sort of you've had something to drink or it's the 3am syndrome as well isn't it and you wake up and you've got this brilliant idea and you think no no I'll remember it in the morning and (laughs) you sort of you learn as you go just to write it down and if it still makes sense in the morning it might actually be a good idea (laughs) that's quite a good way to to look at it yeah weed out the rubbish by that (laughs) so what do you enjoy most about running an indie press and what has been the biggest challenge what do you wish that you'd known before you started um I think the the biggest thing the, the thing that I enjoy the most is I really love helping get authors into print and getting their name out mm-hmm. there um my other the other thing that i do is i format books for authors i do a little bit of editing and some cover design but the big thing for me what i really enjoy doing the most is sort of giving particularly brand new authors just giving them that launch pad out and again with flash fiction and short stories you'll see there's a lot of the novelists big novelists big name knowns they have built a portfolio of short stories to help be um it's a portfolio to go to publishers with but yeah. also it's a way if you can have your name published in 10 20 different anthologies or whatever it's a way of people getting to know you and knowing your writing and style so yeah I the the big thing for me is um definitely helping get the author's name out there but also um with the anthology that's the first anthology for Escaping Press that's coming out I've had some lovely lovely interactions with the various authors there's 49 of them in this book yes that'll (laughs) be the biggest challenge I'll talk about it in a second (laughs) um but yeah just having some of those interactions and it's a really lovely thing it's a community the right there are many many different writing communities but it is all about at the end of the day support and community for me Mm. so um in terms of challenge 
when I ran the previous press, it was generally about 10 authors per anthology. Yep. So I thought, well, it's, there's 50 stories in Tall Tales and Short Stories. And I thought going from 10 stories to 50 stories, because I've been doing the 10 story stuff, I think I published like 20 anthologies. So I thought I knew what I was doing in those terms and that 10 authors would scale up to 50 you know 10 by 5 is 50 so I thought it would just take five times as long to do stuff yep. which was incredibly naive um so yes it's this exponential growth pattern so yep. um yeah I think the biggest challenge has been to my sanity <laughs> <laughs> I've learned uh so I'm launching this non-fiction anthology next well they, we, we were open for submissions for that and because of what I've learned from doing the first one I'm now implementing different mm-hmm. procedures into the second you know I make sure everyone's properly contracted that the stories are edited um, in collaboration with the authors there's yep. nothing worse than in a contract that says oh we'll take your story and we can make any changes to we like and not have to check back with you it's like no you know if it's a typo fine but if it changes the fabric of your story that's a little bit yeah absolutely. so yeah but I, I probably go too far the other way but I'd rather it be a full communication process yeah so what I, I I think I wish that I'd have uh, thought about the scaling of it better before I started but other than that I love it but we're all geniuses with hindsight and actually learning through your own mistakes is absolutely the best way to learn isn't it oh yeah someone can tell you something it's the whole adage of you can lead a horse to water but you can't make a drink isn't it so absolutely (laughs) so yeah I am a big lover of short stories because I actually started my writing career with short stories and if Mm. anyone assumes that just writing less words is easier than writing <laughs> lots of words. They are very mistaken. It is one heck of a very special skill to be able to craft not just a whole story, but your characters and mm. a whole world in just 500 words. So yeah. what draws you to flash fiction specifically and what can writers learn from writing in that format? Gosh, um... For me as a writer, I like flash fiction. Um, You can go from drabbles, which are exactly 100 words, flash goes up to maybe 1,000, 1,500 words, and then you're into short story territory. But the great thing about it for me is if you get an idea, you can sit and you can try it out. Yeah. And if it works, you've got this whole story written, you've got this completed thing, and you've not slaved away over it for three years. So. Um, I definitely think in terms of finishing something and particularly if you're overwhelmed by a writing project, you know, set yourself some small challenges for it. And I know people that have written short stuff that have gone on to um, novels. I was at um, NovaCon at the weekend, which is a science fiction and fantasy con. And Mike Carey was the guest of honour there. And one of his talks, he said that the girl with all the gifts, which has been made into a film, it's a novel, etc., etc., actually started out, the characters started out in a short story. So it's being able to pull out different ideas and making it into other worlds or the universes. Or I know people that have written entire sort of novella length things as a series of flash fiction 
um gareth powell he's written um i'm going to oh it's embers of war sorry i nearly forgot it then it's on the tip <laughs> of my tongue he's written the embers of war book followed by fleet of knives and there's the third one being published next year but what really attracted me to that was that each chapter is quite short and it's almost a short story in its own right the introduction to embers of war is just absolutely mind-blowingly good so as a writer again if you think about a, if, if you've got that block or you're struggling think about your longer pieces as a series of self-contained short stories perhaps um i think the other thing that i really like i love words mm. and you know if you're writing a very short thing it's a much it's as much about what you leave out of the story as what you put in yeah so every single word counts but also you've got to really think about every detail is it needed you know um there's people who read novels will expect this whole idea of foreshadowing if there's a a thing put on a table early on people kind of expect it to be used later on you don't have that space within shorter word counts so just being very clever with words and concepts and ideas really really does attract me yeah that's that's one of the things that i've really found with short fiction is it really teaches you economy of words and mm. like making the words work hard for you you yeah. know like every single word yeah it's it's great yeah so how do you think shorter fiction and including anthologies and novellas fit into the publishing world right now do you think readers out there have an appetite for shorter fiction um i think i think readers do have an appetite but it's again letting them know that these things exist um and anthologies have always and short story collections have always been there i mean if you think about the pulp science fiction i'm sorry science fiction and fantasy is my thing yeah um, so i know a bit more about it but you know you've got all your pulp magazines from and like all the old early golden age of sci-fi um it's sort of the magazines you used to buy in the shop uh going back decades you know so they've always been there in one form or another um and i think there's far fewer now available um it's you know and everyone's got electronic devices where you can read so it's very easy to buy something and then forget you've got it mm. so it's really finding what appeals to you at the time but right now you know when people are commuting a lot more trains and buses then I think reading particularly because of the electronic devices reading is making more of a, a comeback because people have less time to read so they're cramming it into other spaces so short stories uh, flash fiction really does fit into commuting very well um and it's also you know with flash fiction you can just go and spend two minutes reading something it's that little bit of escapism in your day yeah it, it's that way just to sort of sidestep from what you're doing and then come back in without too big a commitment so um I think uh, I think it's at Canary Wharf tube station. They've actually got a vending machine for short stories now, so oh. it's it, you can you can be really experimental with short stories as well. So they're perennial; they'll always be here. But it's getting people to to read them, um, and also you know 
If you're reading an anthology and you really like an author's work, you can then fall down that rabbit hole as well. So there's all sorts of things about it. I'm, I'm very passionate about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, with, en with any book and for any author, probably one of the biggest struggles is visibility. But when you're in an anthology, especially if you're with 48 other authors and you're all pulling together to get visibility to the one book, then yeah, I think anthologies are a fast fantastic way to get your name out there as an author yeah i mean uh, there's a lot of short story authors who are so ubiquitous they're in so many different places yeah. that it's not that they're jaded about it but you can't buy every single book and you don't have the time to mm. promote every single thing because then you'd never write so there's a catch-22 in there um, yep. when you've got your 49 authors but generally yes it's been a really supportive thing yeah so you mentioned it very very quickly earlier but talk to us a little bit about your health and how it informs and impacts your work okay so i was diagnosed with me chronic fatigue in 2004 so that's far too many years to think about right now um and what that really did for me in terms of being a reader was it just completely obliterated my ability to read um i used to as a child i used to you know i was the kid that read the books before we got on holiday that were intended for me to read yeah. throughout the week or whatever and um yeah books have always been a very expensive habit and i got because of my health i really lost the ability to read and enjoy reading mm. because my focus wasn't there i couldn't retain detail and i'd be reading the page and realize i'd have to read it 10 times over to sort of glean any sense out of it and it was only in the last couple of years um, a friend of mine said oh why don't we start reading all the terry pratchett discworld books so um I picked up uh, Equal Rights, which I think is the third one he wrote, which was absolutely fantastic and really enjoyed it. But I thought, I can't read the entire Discord series in one blitz. Yeah. So I started interspersing with other books and from that started to gain a love of reading again and was very particular about what I picked up and also had to learn that if I wasn't into a book that I had to put it down and walk away, which is quite a hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, but yes, from that, I sort of really got a reading habit back and I, I then found that about flash fiction and it's like the light bulb went on, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, I was also diagnosed with fibromyalgia this year, so that's um, unexplained pain. Mm. So that's quite hard to do, as, to, to live with um, in terms of, you know, sort of it's, it's very difficult to focus my medication. I'm just coming off medication number two to try medication number three because nothing seems to be working for that. But yeah. it does mean that with shorter stuff, I can work in short bursts mm -hmm. and I can, with that, I can retain the focus for it. I can edit a piece of flash fiction for somebody without worrying that I'm going to sort of forget the details. You know, it's not like editing a 10,000 word piece or anything. So, yeah. Um, and I think everything, you know, breaking everything into bite-sized chunks, the whole flash fiction and micro fiction thing really suits that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's, that's kind of it, really, I guess. <laughs> so, again, you, you mentioned it earlier. You have 
Escape Tink's very first anthology coming out. And in fact, when this episode airs, it will actually be tomorrow, which is November the 19th. So tell us a little bit about the book and its release. Okay. Very excitingly, although you can't see it because it's a podcast, I do have the um, proof copy in my hand right now. Um, Ooh, we, so proof copies is like the moment it becomes really, really real, isn't it? It is. And I am absolutely thrilled because the cover looks good. It's, oh. I've, I've made the size of the book a bit smaller than your standard one to, again, sort of promote this idea of short stories. Mm. But um, shall I read the blurb on the back? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. So this is for Tall Tales and Short Stories, Volume 1. Um, Tall Tales and Short Stories showcases 50 excellent flash fiction stories that take you on a multi-genre voyage of discovery across space, time and place. Despite their brevity, these tiny tales get right to the heart of what makes us human. They'll tug at your heartstrings, horrify, amuse and make you think, the words lingering in your mind long after you've finished reading. A collection of talented authors, no names and new, from across the planet have penned compelling stories of birth, love and lust, heartache and revenge, death and the afterlife. Throw in aliens and angels, alcoholic bulls and alternative histories, hauntings and huntings, oh and a cowbot. What's not to love about this anthology? Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to sort of make the fun of it come across and I've worked really hard on the interior formatting just to make it a beautiful thing. Um, just because it's a passion project for me, but also for mm. authors, I think to have something, you know, as you'll know with your books, to have something so nice in your hands, it, yeah. it's yeah, it, it's a happy, happy thing. So yeah, um, I'm really excited for uh, the release of it. I really hope it's received well. As I say, there's a lot of me has gone into this in various different ways. So we shall see. Brilliant. And you don't just publish books. You also run Wine and Write Nights in Nottingham. And they sound like a lot of fun. So tell us about those. Ah, they, um, I just wanted to do something for writers, which was a little bit different from a writing group. So uh, not doing them now till after Christmas, but uh, basically there's a lovely lovely wine bar in the city centre it's a self-serve wine bar which is a truly exciting thing mm. and we go and we do some writing sprints we do some prompts there's no pressure for people to share their work you know and there's this camaraderie in the room even from people that have never met each other we generally get between three and five people so it's really mm. small um, and I think that works quite well because it takes yep. the pressure off from people and uh we've the first couple i ran i stuck to the same format just to get a feel for things and then i've started changing things up a bit and yeah it's had some really good feedback and uh we'll be doing some more in the new year and i've got some other super secret projects in the pipeline <gasps> oh my goodness yes <laughs> well i won't i won't make you spill all so <laughs> But what can you tell us is coming up next for Escape Tink? Uh, at the moment, we also have a non-fiction, creative non-fiction anthology call open. Um, I do like to give everything a name and a cover design to start with, um, which I know goes against the what a lot of other people do. But this one's called Fragments and Whispers. And again, all the details are on the website for that. And that's up to 500 words as well. So we've had some really interesting submissions come in mm. for that. So again, I'm very excited about it. But it's 
non-fiction is something that I love but is more of an unknown than fiction so it, it's it's one of those big scary steps but yeah. I'm enjoying it as well <laughs> yeah and then I have the super secret project which isn't quite so secret anymore um I've just set up and we've just had the first submission round for it uh an online magazine for myths and fables and legends and fairy tales you know all Ooh, that kind that's, of thing. yes that sounds yeah. fun <laughs> so that's for stories up to a thousand words and that's fudoki magazine um and fudoki were um the reports in ninth century japan from all the different regions and it had all the um the agricultural and geographical information and everything but as well they contained all the oral stories that were told locally in the region and whether it's Escape Tink or Fudoki magazine I think that storytelling is something it's a skill that we're losing we don't sit around the campfire anymore mm. and you know people are so pressed for time that we don't pass our stories on orally so with um, tall tales and short stories for Escape Tink it's this idea of capturing stories in print and with Fudoki magazine it's this idea of storytelling in a sort of an online format so yeah there you go lots of exciting things happening so where can people find Escaped Ink online it is literally escapedink.com and if you want to find us on Facebook Twitter or Instagram we are Escaped Ink Press so there you go. And I will put all of the links to everything in our show notes at greatwesternwoods.com. So thank you very much for joining me today. Emma. That was really, really interesting. Oh, thank you very much for inviting me. I was absolutely terrified when you first said <laughs> podcast. And it's actually been a lot of fun. So, yeah. Well, we'll have you back when you have your next release, I think. Oh, excellent. And I can talk about what I've learned from uh, creative nonfiction. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely that would be very interesting all right thank you thank you very much thanks for listening to this episode of the great western woods world building podcast we'll be back next week with more writing tips and tricks you can find us in all the usual places we're on instagram facebook and twitter and all the show notes and whatnot are on our website at greatwesternwoods.com. On our website, you can also find the link to join our band of adventurers and access our monthly online world-building chat sessions.